This is Peak Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with Jonas Kilker. I had a great time jamming with Jonas. We discussed what it was like growing up in Southern California. He was a drummer in a punk rock band, and then he went up to the woods of Washington and became a wildland firefighter. Talk about that. And now he's back in LA studying philosophy at UCLA and acting. He's becoming an actor. He's already played Jesus in a music video. We, we talk about that. We, we discuss his mission, his journey. Really enjoyed this conversation. Hope you do as well. Thanks for tuning in to this episode with Jonas Kelker. How's it going? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Great. Absolutely. Glad we were able to connect and, and record this this podcast episode. Um, and there's, there's a lot that we could talk about. Yeah. I know that you had some hesitations coming on because you had never made a podcast before, but you're not the first person who I've, I've made a podcast with who had, who had never done one before. And I, I like it because, it, man, I did my first one just back in, in May. So that was, um, what is it? Today's January. So that was like eight months ago. And I just had so much fun. That's what led to a lot of these episodes be, being made. So I'm hoping that you enjoy the experience as, as well. And I'm glad, glad that you accepted my invitation and, and are ready to drop in and, and see where it goes. Dude, my pleasure. I'm stoked to be here. So what led you to this moment? What, what's your, what are some of the seminal moments in, of your life? I know that's a, a big question. In high school, I kind of was like hanging around. I was a skater. And so like I was just hanging out with anybody who skated. And like my community of skaters at my school were also like all like punks, like punk rock, you know? And so, like, I just got into playing punk music and hardcore, and, like, then we started our own hardcore and punk bands, and then we were just, like, these, like, you know, shitheads who just <laughs> skated and played punk music. And then um, when I graduated high school, I kind of just, like, knew that I wasn't going to do anything having to do with, like, a college degree, but I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I started, a, I got this job filming skate videos for Dogtown Skateboards. I did that for like a couple months and just realized that it wasn't as fun if it's not your own friends. And like, I was just kind of looking for a job where I could just hang out with my friends, you know? And so then going to the, I didn't know what to do now. I started doing like construction. I did that for a year, just laboring. And then I wanted to do something else. I kind of always had this drive where like, I wanted to be working with my hands, but like, I wanted to be sort of like creative at the same time. And I felt like, labor didn't really give me that sort of outlet so like I wanted to stay in music but there's no money and like you know when punk bands aren't cool after you're not in high school anymore and so <laughs> I had no idea what to do my mom's boyfriend actually gave me the uh, idea of firefighting so I just ran with that for like two years I was like okay so I went back to college got my you know uh, fire explorer certificate got my EMT license worked as an EMT for six months and then went and did a season of uh, wildland firefighting up in Washington state. And that was like kind of one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life. I got like, a, I was 19 years old. First time I moved out of my parents' house, I got like a real taste of what it's like to like be on your own. Like I lived with my girlfriend and uh, our two roommates, but it was, it was just like, I'm like here now, like I'm out in the real world, you know, and all my friends are still in college. And I was kind of like, felt like I was missing out on some sort of an experience, you know, like you just get that FOMO. And, but I realize now, like I made the right decision doing that. Cause like the experience that I gained from it was just 
it was incredible. And that's when I, I started really connecting with like who I was, you know, everybody kind of goes to college and they have their like, you know, I found myself experience kind of thing. And I feel like yeah. that's kind of what, what changed everything for me. And I realized I didn't want to do firefighting, but that was like the eye opening experience. And I somehow stumbled into acting. I just wanted to get into like a sort of like, you know, creative entertaining space. And I, and that was something that I could do. And I didn't need four other guys to agree with me to be able to do it, you know? So Absolutely. Man, that is cool. That, that story really resonates with me. I've always wanted to do something similar, work with my hands mm-hmm. and, and be creative. And it's, it's so difficult. I it's think, difficult. I think it's back, hard to find everything that encompasses it all in one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like uh, we were born in, in the wrong time where like it would have been <laughs> being like a, a woodworker or like some sort of, right. I don't know, leather, you know, maker or. Yeah, exactly. No, like, see, that's the thing. Like when I was 18, like it was so cool. Like I was doing construction. I had this big boy job, you know? And then once, once it wasn't cool anymore after like, you know, like I was just, I, I, I think I just kind of realized I was in this space that I didn't need to be in as an 18 year old. And like, if I wanted to come back to this when I'm 30, I can, but like, I might as well just go and try and do something that like, you maybe can't pursue when you're 30. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's when I kind of decided, I was like, I, I need to venture out. If I want to come back, I can come back. That's smart. Was it, um, was all this happening in Southern California? Did you go up locally around here? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Redondo beach and, um, I, I lived in Redondo my whole life until I was 19 when I moved to Washington. And then when I moved back, I moved my, my mom and her boyfriend had actually just bought a house in Redondo again. So I moved right back in with them. Was there for the last couple of years. Right now I'm living in Westwood um, with my brother and because uh, we're, we're going to school here at UCLA. So I did eventually make my way back into college, but I, I made sure that I did it the, the safe way. I, I went to community college first, didn't spend a dollar, you know, came here. Nice. I'm, I'm getting a degree in philosophy really just cause I love it. And, um, I'm, I made so much money doing construction and firefighting at like a younger age. I was able to save so much money that like, I didn't really have to rely on financial aid or like my parents, like I make a little bit more money than my mom right now. So it's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to rely on them for that kind of help. So it had to happen when I was 23, not 18, you know, but that's that's how life goes. It's smart, man. So a lot of times the mainstream system or, or the momentum or the what everyone else is doing kind of leaves people with a lot of distress. Like college debt is yeah. a real uh, ball and chain. It's, it's a real shackle that weighs people down and you're able to totally. find a way to you know, move around that and also gain some really valuable and amazing life experiences and, and cool stories that other people aren't yeah. able to, aren't able to gain at all. Yeah. And, and, and like we were talking about like a couple of weeks ago, it's like, you know, if I were to go to college when I was 18, I would have been like a total shithead <laughs> I would have screwed around and like done, you know, now I'm like, I'm, I'm still working full time and going to school full time. But like, you know, I just, I, I, I have, I got past that phase of like, trying to figure out where I fit in. So I don't need to like bounce around and try and figure all these things out. And like, you know, or getting sucked into like the party scene or anything like that. Like I'm already kind of feel like got past that on my own. So I'm not tempted by it or anything. That's a great point. Cause that phase really hit me pretty hard when I was 18, 19, just like 
with you're surrounded by a bunch of other crazy 18, yeah. 19 year olds. And like, all you want to do is get, you know, messed up on, on the weekends and black out. And it, yeah, it's crazy. And you're probably much more intelligent now too. Like your brain's more developed. You, you've got a stronger grip <laughs> on like how, how to be healthy and like yeah. who you really are as a man. Like you're not trying to figure it out. Wow. Like in this crazy college experience, you, you kind of have some idea about where you want, where you're more aligned with your soul. I, I got lucky too. For some reason, I can't tolerate smoking weed. So that was never like a thing of mine. You know, I, my friends started smoking when they were like 12, 13 years old in middle school. So of course, like I tried it with them. I couldn't tolerate it. And then I tried again in high school, couldn't fucking do it. And so I just was, I just gave up. I was like, I can't do this. It, it's surprising as like a, a skater and a, a punk band guy, especially in California. It's crazy how early people start smoking marijuana out here where it's like, where I'm from on the East Coast, it's an illegal drug similar to like cocaine or heroin. It's like all in the same right. basket, but out here it's like really widespread. It's unbelievable. It's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like if you get caught smoking weed and so like even when we were teenagers, cops would be like, all right, guys, get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? There's no repercussions because it's just so normal. But yeah, no, definitely. I felt like such an outcast in a sort of like scene of outcasts, you know? And it, I think that that's, that's all it really was. And I guess to kind of circle back, that's why I sort of made my way into this space was because I just didn't like, I was hanging around with all these people that were kind of like, you know, uh, nihilistic and doing drugs and stuff. And I was like, this is fun. These are my friends, but I definitely don't feel this way. And so I kind of, I think that that's almost what led me to want to like, leave and do something so completely different when I was doing the wildland fire in Washington. And then when I came back, I was like, I, I can't really just, I, I did immediately just start go skating again and just like hanging out with my old friends, but I kind of didn't, I still didn't feel like I fit in. So then I got really into uh, working out and like bodybuilding. And uh, I started working at this uh, acai bowl place uh, part-time and just happened to meet these like two guys that were also really into bodybuilding and lifting weights and stuff. And, uh, those guys just became like my best friends today. And so we would always just go to the gym together. I had, I had a couple other, my old friends too, that like over COVID, uh, when everything was locked down, no gyms, we would go to the park and we would just run miles and do pull-ups on the pull-up bar. And like, that just became my identity. I just like loved working out. It was addicting. It was my whole thing. And then, um, yeah, I found, uh, I think it showed up on my explore page on Instagram, one of Solbra's, uh, like posts, you know, he's got those long form texts with like the really cool aesthetic pictures. And I clicked on one of those and it, I think it said something about seed oils and I was like, I'm hooked, whatever it is. <laughs> and so then I, that's when I started going deep down the rabbit hole and I, I have to tribute a lot of my like progression into this space to him. He's like, he's a good dude, a friend of mine now. And I think kind of being out, like, I would like message him and reach out to him and he'd hit me right back. And we actually, we met up a couple months ago and got a workout in together. But like, he's just such a cool, genuine guy. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I see him catching so much flack on Twitter and people even message me. They're like, why are you guys, why are you such a big fan of this guy? Like, I'm like, I don't know. He, he he's helped me out in so many ways and I, I, I really appreciate him. So that's definitely like what got me into this. He was my first follower on Twitter. And then that's what like started kind of growing my Twitter account. That's how I was able to connect with guys like you. So 
that's how all this started for me. Very cool. Very cool. And one question on your backstory before we kind of progress on onwards. What did you play in the band? With, uh, I was a drummer. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Drumming, drumming and, <laughs> and, and vocals too. But the, the thing about, cause like, you know, in hardcore, it's like all just screaming and shit. So I like, I, I know how to sing, but uh, we never really did much singing. I, I, there was, I was in like three bands seriously. Um, my band was called Mailmen. You could, you could still find us on Spotify. If you just look at it, it's like, it, it looks like this, it's a little envelope uh, logo. And I was in this uh, other band. It was like more hardcore. It was called I'm Pretty Good. I mean, we're all pretty good. And we would do like the I, X, P, X, G, X, W, X, you know, kind of thing. And um, I, I was just in all these like little bands and it was so much fun. I Those are still some of the best memories I have just playing those like backyard shows for 40 people. That does sound like a blast. I always, I always was envious of, of people that, were in the music scene and were able to play an instrument for whatever reason. I never like picked one up and it stuck with me, but it just seems like yeah. a blast. I, yeah. Music is powerful, man. It's uh, it's well, powerful stuff. That was the cool thing about uh punk rock and hardcore was like, you kind of didn't really need to be good. So I started playing the drums and I kind of picked it up naturally. And like six, seven months later, they were like, yeah, you're like, you know, you can, you can hold a, a beat. And I already had a friend who played guitar. So we just found a bass player and we started a band. You know, nice. and then like, dude, we, we, we got good. We got to a point where we could like, you know, play well, but yeah, started from nothing. That's funny. So then moving, moving on where I'm curious, I'm curious about the wildland firefighter part of your story, mm -hmm. because that's, that's a pretty unique, unique endeavor. And it seems really yeah. badass and, and kind of crazy where you've just got like wildfires. You just, a, I mean, uh -huh. fire itself is crazy. It's just this strange, like hot chemical thing that just like spreads on everything and you have to go fight it in the woods. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you know, what's you know, what's so funny about that is like, um, I feel like sometimes I would tell, I would tell people back then, or even now, like when I tell them the jobs that I used to have, because like right now I'm, I'm working part-time at Trader Joe's, you know? And so people will ask me like, oh, like, where'd you work before this? I'm like, oh, I did this and like firefighter. And they're like, wait, what? Like, why are you working here? And, um, one thing people don't realize is like wildland fire is it's not like the firefighters you see driving around, you know, in the trucks on the street, putting out structure fires. Um, those guys get paid at least around here, like 150, 200,000 a year and wildland firefighters. Um, we make like 15 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour, maybe depending on like, you know, what kind of equipment you're running or what kind of a crew you're on. And, uh, it's, it's very much an entry-level job. I was mostly working with, like, young 20-year-olds, the occasional 40-year-old, but, like, mostly guys, like, 19, 20, 21 years old. Because we're all trying to be firefighters. But wildland fire is, like, you don't really need to know much. You need to know how to, like, dig and stay the fuck away from the fire. <laughs> and um, it, 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 it is a really dangerous job. There's ways of making it safer, obviously, but it was one of those things where I kind of didn't really know what I was getting into because I was so, I can get pretty tunnel vision when I, uh, when I have a goal. And so my goal was just like paid professional firefighter, wildland fires in my way to get there. I'm just go do it. And then I remember I got there and we had like a 10 day Academy where they teach you all the safety and everything. And I was like, Oh, I could die. <laughs> 
you know? <laughs> it didn't even occur to me before I got there. I was like, oh, this is actually really dangerous. Shit just got serious. <laughs> it just got very serious. Yeah, they, they, they would bust out the um, – they had a uh, – oh, what do they call it? It's like the um, burn burnover cover. I can't even remember the name of it right now. But it's like basically this emergency pack that you have at the bottom of your pack. And you pull it out and it's like this – reflective tent that you basically just get inside of as the fire burns over you if you're not able to outrun it your chances of survival are like 10 percent, but it's a chance you know and so they would we went for like an entire you know eight hour day we just went over like how to properly deploy these things and get inside and like you know how to dig a little space in the ground so you can breathe you're not inhaling the smoke and i'm like oh god dude this is (laughs) this is ridiculous yeah, it's not, it's not wow. for everybody. Man. That's intense. Did you ever have to yeah. use that thing? No, thank God I never did. I never really gotten like too many like really dangerous situations. There was this one, I think it was like a 250 acre fire that could have been a two or three acre fire if they would have like listened to us and let us respond right away. I'm not trying to throw any on anybody under the bus right now, obviously, but... <laughs> We saw this fire from like, I don't know, 50 miles out. And I guess one of the turbines up there had exploded and it was the middle of July, you know, so it just caught fire right away. And I guess it was at the top of this like gulch that went down into this rock bed and on both sides, there was really tall trees. And so the fire just immediately in the short grass, like spread down, caught up into the trees it became a 200 acre fire within like a couple of hours. And wow. we didn't get the call until an hour after we had reported it. Cause they were like, yeah, we're going to send a volunteer guy down there. He's going to take care of it. Couldn't take <laughs> care of it. And so then they had to send us and then we got there and we were there um, overnight. Uh, and it was pretty, it was intense having to leave the trucks at the top. Cause we couldn't drive the truck. You know, our, our truck carries, I think 450 gallons of water. And, uh, normally that's enough to like put out a fire that's starting up, but this one had already spread 200 acres. There's nothing we could really do about it. So we had to hike down into this gulch where the fire was still burning downhill and uphill at the same time, which they tell you like in Academy, they're like, don't do that. But if you have no choice, you have to do it. And so then here we go walking down. And I remember it was the first time that I felt like real, real fear. And I felt my heart beating and I was like, I had two guys on my engine, um, and one of my, one of the other guys, he was my roommate, he's also a rookie, and uh, the one guy, uh, our, like, engine leader was, it's like, 10-year veteran kind of guy, and the other guy had been in there, like, six years, too, but uh, he was, you know, he was, a, they would call him a second seat, and so they both had radios, so you got to stick with a guy who has a radio in case you get split up, right? So I was with him, and I remember we had our... Um, we had this like five gallon pack of water on our backs plus our 40 pound, you know, uh, backpack that we carry in with us with our tools and stuff. And then I remember just telling him, I was like, I was like, his name is Jared. I was like, dude, Jared, I'm, I'm scared right now. And he was like, me too, dude. And I was like, no, you're not supposed to tell me you're scared. You're supposed to be the one who's like, Oh no, we got this man. You're fine. And this guy, he's been in there six, seven years. He told me he was scared too. I was like, Oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's unnerving. I think uh, oh, totally. 
probably be sweating all, all kinds of sweats and just panicking, probably it's having all kinds of thoughts about reconsidering what I had chosen to yeah. do with my life. And what, <laughs> exactly. What was exactly I, I literally was like, I was thinking, I was like, when I get back home, I'm not going to be afraid to do anything, you know? And of course that's like, you know, you, you still have panic and like, you still feel anxiety about things that you're not, you know, you know, used to, but it did give me kind of this sense of confidence where I was like, you know, any other like sort of minimum wage job that I'm going to have to work or like any other job in whatever, in an office or anything like that. It's like, nobody's going to die. No big deal. You know? And so that I I just remember, I kind of always kept that mentality. Like if nobody's going to die, it's kind of not that big of a deal, you know? (laughs) So I think that that was probably one of the best lessons I learned from that. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good one. Most people are never really faced with something like that life-threatening situations um, unless it's just like random by chance. And that, that's got a whole different level of, I think reaction to it because you aren't expecting it. It could be like startling. Right. And, and, and I, I think that it's, it's one of those things where I would really encourage anybody to sort of, you don't have to go fight fire or like join the military or something, but you should go out and do things that scare you and make you feel, you know, uncomfortable. Like I know for a lot of people it's even just, like I, I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a couple of years and um, I think that that would be a great place for a lot of people to just go and do something that they're completely uncomfortable with and feel like you're going to die, you know, just for five seconds while somebody's choking you out and then, and then it stops, you know? So, so I, I, yes. I think that just going out and doing things that you're afraid of helps build your character a lot and teaches you a lot about yourself. That's really powerful advice moving outside the comfort zone so far outside the comfort zone where you may even have a little bit of fear related to your life. That's such a powerful catalyst for growth because most of the time you're going to overcome that and then realize, Oh, I'm capable. I can do, I can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's never hindsight's always 2020. It's never that bad when you look back. And I think that that's, it's, it's still even difficult for me now where like I'll, I'll still get anxiety about something and then it's like it's hard to kind of manage it and realize like you can see it from a bird's eye view and just be like I should not be anxious about this thing I should not even care about this thing but still something just like kind of weighs down on you but I think that 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 realization and that sort of awareness of okay I'm, I'm only feeling anxiety because I'm not used to this thing or I've never been confronted with this issue before if you can recognize that you can kind of separate yourself from the emotion, but it's really hard to do even with that understanding. So it's a practice. That's really deep and, and really true. Yeah. Cause we all feel these emotions and a lot of us are limited. I think all of us are limited by them at in moments mm-hmm. and being able to integrate it, accept it, and then overcome it, that is 100% of practice. And the only way to engage in that practice is to do things that make to you feel that things. anxiety. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, you know, the, you, you got you to gotta enter the belly of the beast in order to, you know, realize it's not that bad. The beast isn't really that dangerous. Yeah. Unless it is. Unless it is. Yeah, I I do that. I've been doing that over the past couple of years with with creativity, putting myself more out there on the internet through Twitter, Instagram, making like videos or, or 
even these podcasts, I was had anxiety before making it because, well, it's, you know, people are going to judge the, you know, final product and it's in my voice and my name and my face and my ideas. And, you know, it's really easy to get attached to these things. So that's a really simple and accessible thing for people who just want to like really get their feet wet is being creative on the internet, writing and, yeah. and making videos. Um, that, that's a really, that's something we can all start, you know, doing tomorrow and it will be a little bit anxiety provoking, especially if you think about, okay, what is like the deepest and most powerful thing I can be create? It's going to be the most honest thing, the things that closest to your heart. Yeah. And that's going to be the best thing. Most, most of the time, that's going to be the best thing you can make is the thing that's yeah. most vulnerable, most honest, and just like raw you. And that's will also resonate the most, but it's also the most, you know, fear inducing, anxiety inducing. So that's, yeah, it's, it's pretty 100%. deep and, and powerful practice when looked at it that way. I can't remember where I heard it or who I heard it from exactly, but they basically explained it in a way that it's like you are the only person in the world who is exactly like yourself so if you put out work that is genuinely you it's going to be entirely unique you know because no one has yeah. the sort of like inner workings the understandings that you have so if you put out something that is genuinely from yourself it's going to be one of a kind you know yes that resonates and i also believe that's it's such interesting to think about like what what am i like who are you what you know what is yeah. that unique <laughs> what is how that do you access that dude that, that that's what i'm saying is because it's like i still feel that today like i love i love acting i love auditioning i love the people that i've met in this sort of community but at the same time there's there's so many times where i'm just like even if i feel like the slightest sort of hint of doubt about like the future of my career or anything like that i'm like is this exactly what i'm supposed to be doing and it kind of gives you this little like existential crisis out of nowhere because you know it, it, nobody knows if they're on the right path you kind of just have to you you'll navigate that as you go but i think the the most important thing and i know that i learned this from jordan peterson is that if you aim at something you'll eventually hit your actual target even if your target's over here you're going to go here, 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 here. You got to have like, you just have to be moving forward and then you're going to hit something eventually. So who I knows that if this forward. is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's, it's so important. And in what, what you're touching, I think what we're touching on here is authenticity too, is where if we're able to be authentic and just continue to take action towards what we perceive as our, as our next best step, we'll just keep seeing these next best steps and taking them. It may right. not lead exactly to the same, you know, promised land that we first imagined, but it will lead somewhere much better, much, much better than if we weren't taking those steps, if we weren't taking that action, if right. we weren't taking those. It's like if the weeks. target is a hundred feet away, you're, you're not going to see it unless you're 50 feet ahead, you know? So you got to take that first initial leap and then you'll see the real target. And then you get there and you're like, Oh, this isn't the peak. I actually can go even higher. And you just keep going. Yeah. So this is interesting. We, for anyone listening, we both live in Los Angeles and um, big center, uh, the mecca for for acting. What what is it like going out for these auditions? And you know, do you have like an agent that you work with? Do you, do you show up and there's like a bunch of dudes that look exactly like you at all auditioning for the same role? Like, what what is that whole process like? Yeah. So I actually, so I, I got into acting um, right when I got back from. Washington, uh, end of 2019. So I started acting right at the beginning of 2020. And right when I started, obviously COVID happened. So it was kind of slow going for me, but 
I never experienced this, but that's what auditions used to be like. You would show up to this place and there would be a bunch of people who look like you and you'd all go in and, you know, read for the role and maybe you get it, maybe you don't, you probably don't, right? And so the the way that it works now is it's all uh, over the internet. It's all self-tapes. So I've got like, you know, I'm using it right now. I've got this ring light right here. I just set my phone up on. And um, my incredible brother who I live with, he reads with me. And we just film these auditions and then I send them in. I have an agent that gets me like uh, commercial work and all the sort of like film television stuff like that. I'm still on my own. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm relatively new. I'm only, you know, in this, I guess now going on my third year of actually like practicing acting. I've only been working for like two years, but um, it, it's a really cool journey and I think the experience for me has been really unique because I feel like I've gotten so lucky and I feel like I know that that's kind of a weird uh you kind of have to be lucky in a lot of sort of spaces like this like entertainment sort of the creative space um but I just feel like I've been so blessed everybody always talks about how you know disgusting and corrupt Hollywood is and I'm not saying it's not because it is but <laughs> I've, I've met so many incredible people and I've met so many like, like-minded people, um, that you kind of like, you know, everybody, it, there, there, there's a very sort of progressive mindset in LA in general and Hollywood. And it's kind of funny because it's like, I, I don't, I hope I don't need, like cancel myself too early for saying this, but nobody really thinks all that. It's, it's all for show. I've never met yeah. one person who actually thinks that way. Like you'll meet people, I'll show up to a set and then, you know, you kind of start talking about something. Somebody cracks a joke and you're like, Oh no, somebody going to get, and nobody's upset. Nobody get, nobody cares. It's not real. It's all for show. But see, that's the thing is like that, that's all it is. And I, I don't know. I think, I think that's why I'm so okay with sort of being in this space and like people, you know, you, you tell somebody that you're an actor and they kind of have this like preconceived notion about who you are. But it's like once you get in and then you meet the other actors and you see what they're like, you're like, oh, they're not these like elitist, ultra progressive weirdos. Like they're really just regular people. So sometimes, you you know, at the highest level, maybe you got to put on a little bit of a show, but they're just regular people. So I, I've been super blessed with all the people that I've met and become friends with. And it, it's it's super cool. I really just love the creativity of it. I love the fact that like I get to chime in my ideas when I'm working with a director and like, you know, we can help progress the story in a certain way. And just being able to like portray different people, I think is like the coolest thing because in order to do that, you have to understand how human beings in general work and like how their mindset works and like, okay, now you got to play this character. And it's like, okay, how does this person think, you know? And just, I guess that, that's all just philosophy and like, you know, human understanding I think that's the most fun part. Yeah, that does sound fun. And I think it's something we all did when we were young, you know, playing, playing pretend or just like, you know, playing cowboy and Indian or whatever, you know, people yeah. did. I, I know we just like played all kinds of ways when I was young. I don't remember it all clearly, but I mean, that's, that's a key word there is, is play and having some creative pursuit where you're able to do that. We're able to play, you know, actors are, are playing. Yeah. And if they, if they're able to play at a high enough level, they they can earn a very 
sizable income and delight people across the world. And and it's the same thing for professional sports. They're, they're, people are playing basketball and they're able to delight fans around the world. And yes. I think this to be, just to have a, an outlet for creativity and play is just like so dang nourishing. It, it is. I, I, I attribute it to the same feeling that like, you know, when you're in a, a big group of like your close friends and you guys are all laughing about something and you kind of can't stop laughing because you keep riffing off of each other and you keep just like one-upping and saying something even funnier. Like that feeling of, all right, all right, like urgency, what's next? What that That's what like being present in a scene is like. It's like you're so in the moment and you're just like, you're, you're in this sort of like, it's like a flow state basically, you know? And that's why you you get that sort of, uh, the, the sort of notion of actors like, oh, they, they're all in character and like they're, you know, they're trying to stay in character. They're not like really, stay, it's more so just like the flow state. Like you don't want to leave, you don't want to lose that momentum every time the director yells cut. So it's like, but you're literally just playing. You're like having fun, you know? And it, it, it gets intense sometimes, but almost the, those like really dramatic ones are kind of the most fun because you never really get to do that, you know? It, so it, yeah. it's cool. This is cool. This is making me want to take some- Yeah, dude, try it. Try it. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's, it's like you were talking about the other day on uh, one of your other podcasts. Uh, you, got, you got naked and just ran around the house like a dog doing the zoomies, you know? <laughs> That it's it's literally just like leave yourself, go into something else, and just be that for a second, and see like how relieving and like refreshing it is, you know. Yeah, man, that's cool. So here's the question that's coming to mind: is if you could play any any character from any story, any previous movie, say they made a remake, or or any any book or act, um, you know, comic book anything if you could play any any yeah. character that is currently exists who would who would you who would you want to play yeah so i love that question because people always ask me like what my ultimate goal in acting is and my answer is always um i want to play a, a a real character from history who and then and then become like synonymous with that character i think that that'd be so cool like you know when you when you think of achilles if you google achilles you'll see a picture of brad pitt like that's who that is you know, yeah. if you Google King Leonidas, you see a picture of Gerard Butler. That's who that is. It's the same with like, oh, you have all these characters that are like, whether it's because the film was so well done or whether it was because the, the actor played the character so well, whatever it is, they sort of embodied that role so well that we just, we, 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 we make that person synonymous with the character, you know? And I think it'd be so cool to portray someone like that and like play the role that well. Um, I've already gotten the chance to play Jesus in a music video, which was really cool. Um, and uh, I think it, it, I mean, it was just a music video, so there was no like lines or anything like that. But I think it was just cool, even just you know getting to get him to dress up. You could see it on my Instagram and all that. But uh, yeah, I would love to play in like a movie or even or a series or something like that, a real character from history. Yeah, that would be, that'd be pretty rad. Yeah. Is there a character from history that jumps to mind or would it, would it be Jesus or do you, is there another one that would, that would be a, a tough role to pull I off? Know, I feel Jesus, like. I, me, me being a personal, like a follower of Christ myself, I feel like it would be hard. It'd be such a weight on my shoulders to try and portray Jesus like that. Um, I already had, was just getting nervous about like this, you know, four minute music video and, um, I, I think that like it would be I've, I've had a couple of pirate auditions I think because of the mm-hmm. tattoos and like the facial hair kind of matches 
but um, I think it, I, I'm like obsessed with pirates. I think it's so cool. So I would, I'd love to play a pirate. But you know what's funny is like uh, there's this show. I think it's on Hulu. It's called uh, Black Sails, and it was this entire like three season series about pirates, and it it's relatively historically accurate. You know, they always got to stretch things. But there is a there's a couple actors that I noticed like now if you look up that pirate's name like Charles Vane, you'll see the actor Zach McGowan. You know, like and I think that the, I'm like, oh, he did it, he did it. That's that's <laughs> the goal. Yeah, so I gotta find one who's not like taken yet. You know, I gotta I gotta go with that. Yeah, yeah, being a pirate that would be a crazy life. Those guys are just out on boats looking for other boats to just take yeah. I mean I guess there's still pirates today out there being pirates it's wild well see so that's the cool thing about acting is like you can be a pirate without ever having to put yourself in dangerous situations you could just be one for six months you know and then you're like oh I'm done with this I want to go be a cowboy it's, like, it's literally like being a little kid like you just want to go be a cowboy you're like I'm gonna you know submit for some cowboy roles see if I get a western or something yeah and then I mean if that really lands at the highest level you're out traveling somewhere else in the world you're going to learn how like ride horses and, and lasso horses. cows and just do the whole thing like, go th- the whole night. Yeah. yeah 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 i really noticed that when i was uh, i was watching these like viking shows and i was like man it'd be so cool to be a real viking and then i was like who's i was like what's the closest thing to being a real viking and it's these fucking actors who are pretending to be Vikings. Like that's the answer, you know, they're going around and there's, you know, riding horses and like shooting arrows at each other. And yeah, that's, that's the closest thing. It's, it's a, if you think about all the ways to make a living, you know, there's, there's a whole spectrum. There's a wildland firefighter. There's, you know, data analyst sitting inside at a computer. There's a lot of jobs like that, you know, white collar, yeah. work uh computer work there's like uh, a whole a whole bunch of things that one could do to make a living and really in a lot of ways the world is our oyster like we can choose to go down almost any path and make progress on that path right. dependent on how focused we are how much energy we put into it how much we study and, and and train and learn the ropes and you're definitely going for one of the you know ones that seem to be the most fun and and it's like a potential jackpot role right where you could if you really yeah master the art of acting you could be you know world renowned everyone would know your name and the way that you were davy crockett or, or captain blackbeard or whatever historical oh, role yeah. in your lap in the future and i know yeah. that will and and people are going to come back to this podcast the first time you're on a podcast they're going to the know that <laughs> this this is going to be the one and it's it's it'll be so much fun to, to to be in that place years from now when when you've been dreaming about it and working towards it even the little progress along the way, or it could even be, you know, a few months from now, you may get lucky and just have something big just come along. That's crazy the way it works. You, you never know. Yeah. I'm uh, like, uh, like I said, I've gotten, obviously like I haven't become like, you know, extremely successful. Like I've, I've done okay for how long I've been doing this. Um, but I, I think just like the, the way that things have like lined up sort of so serendipitously just by being in the right place at the right, right time. Um, I, I, it's like, I, I don't have any like doubts or hesitations. Like I, I, I've, I've just felt so blessed and felt so lucky. And like, it just seems like, you know, the things that didn't really go my way, I look back and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, I didn't really want that. Any, like, 
you know, I didn't want that anyway. And like the, the things that worked out well, I'm like, wow, that worked out a lot better than I could have ever imagined, you know? And I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being guided in the right direction. And if, 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 if anything changes, then I know it's for the best. So I'm not, not hesitant about anything. I think that's the, another really important thing is so many people when they, when they're, you know, wanting to pursue something like acting or music or, or podcasting or like whatever it is that's sort of not a guarantee you know they're nervous because they're like what if I don't have what it takes and I know it's so cliche but like you're never gonna know unless you try and there's no reason to not try yeah yeah it's really important yeah so one thing that comes to mind in in addition to that is just you know doing these things whatever it is those activities you mentioned or any other form of creative play that could potentially have a big impact or, or a big outcome is, is to also be doing it to enjoy the process. Like forget about the outcome. If you focus right. on the target, you'll get the prize. But if you focus on the prize, you'll miss the target, meaning be in the moment, enjoy the process. Like why else are you doing it? If you're doing something yeah. just for the result, like you, it's, it's not going to be good at the end of the day because you, you got to find something that you enjoy doing. Otherwise what's, what's the point? So it's so true. And that's, I think kind of like what, what took me out of firefighting in the first place was I realized I was like, I, I don't actually care about being a firefighter. And, and so then when I was actually there doing the job, I was like, Oh, it's not worth it. You know, and so you, you have to yeah. find whatever that thing is. That's worth it. Whatever you can do every single day without, you know, hesitation. That's, that's your thing. You don't even need to be good at it. Really. You just need to show up every single day. That's, that's also an important piece because you will get good at it. Like that's, Everyone who's great at something started out being super shitty at it and showing up every day and, and developing exactly. mastery. And that's that's the tough part is because when you, you know, you've got taste, you know what good acting is, but you're so far from that. Whether it's acting, writing, poetry, painting, you know what something good is. And then as you start to do it, it's like, damn, I am pretty far from that. So it's like, fuck it, I'm just right. gonna give up because it's gonna take too much work to get good. Yeah, but it exactly. over time, like it always improves, whether it's the body, whether it's the mind, and really one in the same, whatever the heck you want to do, just put some energy into it every single day. Enjoy the process yeah. and watch your growth happen. You'll be flourishing in no time. It, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of like, you know, people that you see, like you'll see, you'll see guys uh, in the fitness industry that don't even look like they have the craziest physiques or whatever, but they have such a great personality that everybody's gravitated towards them. And so then they become extremely famous because they just, they made what worked for them work, you know? And, and it's, it's so true in so many different, so many different spaces. Like if you, if you just find, if you show up every day and you do what you love and you just like stick around, people are gonna, people are gonna gravitate towards that or whether or not it's a job that requires like a following of people, people are going to throw money at you to do something that you love to do. If you do it every day and you do it well, you know, and like you said, like you, you can, you can do anything well so long as you show up and do it every day. Like it's almost impossible to not. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the deep truths of this matrix that, that we, that we live within. I'm curious, how has, how has social media changed the landscape of acting from, from your perspective, things like TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram, all, all these ways to like act uh, sort of, but also be, I guess these guys are like their actor, their director, their editor, their, you know, everything all in one. A lot of times, um, how has that kind of like changed, changed the game? Um, so I, I, I wasn't really like, 
I, and I'm kind of still not, I wasn't really super active on like Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that, uh, for the sake of like an acting career. I was kind of just posting like how your regular, you know, 21, 22 year old person would post. And, uh, recently I kind of have been trying to start like cleaning things up and like shape it in that direction a little bit. Like my, my agent and one of my other, uh, good friends who's a he's a casting director he was telling me he was like yeah like you should clean up your instagram like that we look at that before we look at your you know your reel even and i was like okay oh, wow. so clean up the instagram just like you made it look all pretty and um uh tiktok my agent asked me if i could make some tiktok videos and i was like yeah i'll give it a shot but i just like don't really know if i i don't really know if i have the like I'm not going to say that I don't have what it takes because I, I, I think that I do. I just haven't really had like the desire to, I guess. And I, I don't want to put out some like BS that I don't resonate with. And I know that people aren't going to. So if the calling comes, then I'll, I'll do it. But um, for right now, I love just like Twitter and the kind of the stuff that I get to post on there. I feel like is very uncensored, very unfiltered. I don't have to like cater to a certain audience. And like, I think the, the coolest thing is like, on Twitter, my entire following has pretty much been organic. I have, I think I, I personally know, I mean, like you, uh, soul bra and like two of two or three of my actual like friends that I know and the other 850, however many people like are, are actual just organic followers. I think that that's the coolest part is the fact that it's, it, people actually gravitate towards you because of what you have to provide or like, you know, how they resonate with you as opposed to maybe what you represent in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating thing. I've, and yeah, it's, it's curious because it different social medias do have different sort of energies and, and not just from consuming, but also creating there, there's different platforms, different audiences and, not everyone is going to be, you know, everybody's style. Like I, I, I do enjoy Twitter and then I also enjoy YouTube. I don't really enjoy Instagram and TikTok nearly as much for whatever reason. I don't know why, but those two just seem to resonate with me a little bit more. Um, maybe because I've had more success or enjoy, you know, uh, the, the people that I've met through right. those platforms. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild, wild thing that social media, I'm, I'm still not sure what to think about it. <laughs> I, I think as long as you're using it for positive reasons, you know, like I like this, this is exactly why getting on Twitter for me was so cool. I get to connect with somebody like you, you know, and come on here and do this and like get to talk about the same shit that I've been talking about on Twitter. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it, it, it's, it's that sort of uh, freedom that I think that you don't really, not that you don't get to do, but I think that that's not exactly promoted on Instagram or TikTok in that sort of way, you know? Hmm. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. With that stuff, it seems to be more attention driven, like whatever it captures attention right. or gets attention, which is usually not the most highest quality stuff in a way. Like right. there's this interesting sort of interplay between like what captures the human attention versus like what is of like a deeper quality. Valuable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is interesting. I was actually thinking about that today because, um, so I, I'm, I'm 
I'm majoring in philosophy here at UCLA, but I'm, I'm minoring in history as well. And I was taking this, uh, I'm taking this history of, um, Greek, uh, history of classical Greece. And the professor walks in and he just starts lecturing. It's a 50 minute, three day, three time a week lecture. He just gets in there, starts lecturing. You got to keep up. You just better be typing or like writing fast enough. And, um, after the lecture was over, I like, you know, 50 minutes had just flown by. I had like three pages of notes on my computer and I was like, I love history. So I was very, very engaged the entire time. Like we were talking about like the Persian Wars and the Peloponnesian Wars and stuff like that. And I was very engaged, but I noticed after class, these people like talking and they were like, dude, I didn't, I didn't retain a fucking thing. It was so boring. And I was like, cause there wasn't, you know, like subway surfers playing on the, <laughs> on the computer screen in front of class so that you're just like stimulated and like, you know, retaining information. I, I think, it, it, yeah, there's like, there's things that we do to just like capture people's attention and have like these like, you know, crazy headlines or whether it's like, you know, literally just like flashy colors, whatever it is that just like draws your attention. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it, it doesn't provide any value, but it, it works. Yeah. And from that sort of angle, being, being in school as a 23 year old man with younger students, I know, man, it's been almost a decade since I was in college and no, it has been a decade. Shoot, time flies, man. And uh, it's, things have changed a lot. I, I, I do not envy any student currently in college having to go through, you know, the recent uh, lockdowns and then also all the social media distractions. It's got to be really difficult yeah. um, on top of everything else going on in the world. Like, shoot, I, you know, I can't imagine. Uh, I yeah. barely got through without all that going on. Yeah, like like I said, I, 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 was, um, I was fortunate enough that, I took, you know, I graduated high school in 2017 and I was out of school 2018, 19, 20, with the exception of like firefighting classes, but that's, that's a whole other thing. Um, so I never really had to deal with like the COVID, like Zoom classes too much, you know? And so when I got here, everything was like relatively back to normal. I felt bad for the kids that were in like middle school and high school having to go through all that. Cause I think that was probably like <laughs> permanently damaging, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know how yeah. school would have functioned. I, there's no way I would have paid attention in middle school or high school if I didn't have to be sitting in class. But, um, it's, it, it's definitely, I would imagine a lot more different. I mean, here's the thing with the like advancement in technology and like the internet and social media and everything like that. I think that it does offer us a lot more distraction, but at the same time it offers us so much more like ability for productivity that I think the, the pros kind of not outweigh the cons, but at least like balance them out to the point where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, TikTok is very distracting, but how quickly you can Google something and just like learn or like watch a long form YouTube video about some, something that somebody who was passionate about it created like you didn't really have all that 10 15 years ago so it's like i think it kind of balances out we had some of that but not to the same degree that that it's out there today and it really does put a stamp on the importance of having a certain level of mindfulness practice or in, intentionality practice and really being aware of your own consciousness and your own mind and your own experience in life. Right. Otherwise you just get lost. You, you get lost in this, this new flow of techno distraction that is just like yeah. flooding the, the life 
you got to be self-aware and like you got to realize that that's what's going on i remember me and my brother we were talking about uh you know like you gotta you gotta you gotta treat the like instagram or tiktok twitter whatever you gotta treat the algorithm like like it's a robot because it is you know and so you gotta you can train the algorithm yourself like if you see something that you don't like close the app and it'll never show you that again you know or if you see something that you like like stay on there for a second it's like you realize you're like oh this is a game like you just gotta be smarter than the than, than the algorithm like i think that that's most people's problem is they don't realize they're being you know sucked in and like catered to by this thing to just keep them on their phone at all hours of the day yeah that's definitely true yeah. that's definitely true what sort of practices do you maintain on, on a regular basis on a habitual basis on a routine or a ritual basis to elevate your your body mind because you do seem like someone who's got a high level of vitality you're energetic you're you've got light i i can sense it from here what do you do to sort of maintain that on, on a regular basis? The one thing that has been like the most vital for me has um, just sort of like, it sounds so like <laughs> cliche, but just like getting, I guess, more in touch with nature, just being like outside as much as I possibly can and like yeah. disconnected, you know, I, I think that like quick, like little backstory about me. I, I always was like, I, I, my mom is Brazilian. But my dad was like Irish German descent, so very white. And uh, I remember growing up, like I always had like super pale skin, and like I had this really bad skin condition called folliculitis. Um, I don't know if you like seen my uh, the like my my pinned post on Twitter. I was very overweight as a child. I was very uncomfortable in my own skin. And I sort of in like high school, my later years in high school, I became really conscious of the fact that I was so self-conscious that I was willing to do anything to change it. And that's why I got into like fitness and all these things and working out helps, but it wasn't until I sort of realized this like holistic approach towards health that I realized like you just have to try it and it will solve nearly, I think going out in the sun for like minimum one hour a day, probably like I think cured any health ailment I ever had in my life. Like skin conditions went away as soon as I stopped, like, you know, using sunscreen, going out in the sun just progressively and um, eating more high quality whole foods and like not eating processed foods. And I don't know, just like there, there, there's all like the little things that you can do, like switching from raw, switching from like, you know, processed honey to like raw honey or something like that. But I think that just being mindful of all those things is living more naturally. I think that that's that's been the hugest thing for me. Agree one one thousand percent. That is that is the same similar way that I I approach it. And in the sunshine, yeah, gotta gotta absorb that energy. Otherwise, you're, you're going to shrivel up and manifest disease in yeah. weird ways. Without it, it's we need it. We're uh, basically. Oh my god, and it's it, it's crazy. Like like you said, like people can just tell. I was working the other night, and some I was like bagging this woman's groceries, and she was like, "You look so healthy." And I was like, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like I don't, I don't know what it is you just like look like you you just look healthy and i was like oh thanks this is one of the coolest compliments i think i've ever gotten because it's not like you know you're attractive or like you're you know yeah it's like it's like you're a healthy human being you're, whatever you're doing is correct wow cool 
Absolutely. And, and I believe it's going to serve you, serve you well. You've, you've got a bright future ahead of you. I, I really appreciate you sharing your story here with, with, with me and, and everyone listening. And um, do you have any last words or, or message? Um, I think you just got to go out in the sun. I mean, that's my last message for everybody. Take your shirt off, go outside. Right now. Yeah, right now. As soon as, at this moment, pause the podcast, take your shirt off, go outside. You, know, you come back inside, you're going to feel a lot better. It is 100% true. And thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your story, and your light with us today.